Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. Connect and interact with the show by visiting us anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we're to be here before you know it. And here's what a few of our listeners said that they are thankful for this year. I really have so much. Um, I guess after the last year and a half, I'm just thankful that me and my family are healthy and still able to do things we love, and we really enjoy spending time together. My wife, my, my two daughters. I'm thankful for my family and wonderful friends and the fact that we're moving into a new house soon. I'm thankful for my family and especially my grandchildren, but most importantly, my scotch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he is one of my dearest friend's fathers, and that is a real statement that out of his fantastic. mouth. <laughs> the grandchildren are awesome, but, but uh, <laughs> if I don't get my scotch, uh, pretty much shy. they're... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey. Pretty much I can't tolerate them without lots of scotch. I like them when I've had scotch. I don't when, like them if I haven't had scotch. When I ask these questions, I want real answers, and I can't help what they are. <laughs> But, Mike, you know, all joking aside, I don't know, maybe it is scotch. I doubt it. I don't think that's what you're into. But uh, what about you? What are you thankful for this year? You know, the recurring thing there is family, right? We hear people talking about that. So I think about this all the time. I'm waking up in the morning, going to bed at night, just getting on an airplane and hoping I get to my destination. You know, it's like these are the things that I'm thankful for. And I've been very, very blessed. So certainly family, certainly health. Kristen, I I tell you this, not everybody would agree, but I think I've got the best job in the world. Uh, We joke around about kind of nerdy to be into numbers and math and enjoying talking about economics and finance, but I I really, really do enjoy it. So people have asked me, sometimes I'll, you know, be sitting down with some listeners and we're at the office and they kind of wonder why, why am I sitting there? (laughs) (laughs) How did you you get here? Why are you like, I mean, you could have just, we could be talking to somebody else who works for you. What are you doing sitting here? Like, well, I I like sitting here, Mm -hmm. you know, you genuinely Uh, do. I really do. It's great. I, I, I love it. And um, again, I can't sit down with everyone all the time, but uh, every chance I get, I like to do it and I like to talk about it on the radio show. So we're very blessed, my family and I, and I'm very, very thankful for it. And you've got a beautiful family and it drives you to do what you do every day as well. And I know we are all looking forward to the Turkey Day meal. That's something that's driving me right now. We are days and days closer to mom's famous whatever that is, aunt so-and-so's famous whatever that is, uncle so-and-so maybe deep frying a turkey. I don't know what you do in your family, but there's something you're looking forward to. It's a fire hazard, Kristen. It is a fire hazard. (laughs) What is your favorite thing to see on the table? Uh, This goes back to growing up in florida and just being in the south collard greens oh that's my favorite thing yeah, yeah we just, don't do uh, that on the table and i'm from the south too but yeah, i wouldn't be mad no, at that collard greens and mashed potatoes i mean turkey and ham it's i mean it's good and all but i, I like my collard greens and mashed potatoes <laughs> well cbs is reporting that thanksgiving dinner is expected to cost four to five percent more this year compared to last year Now, Mike, those that are fortunate enough to not live paycheck to paycheck, we can handle that uptick knowing that casseroles and pies will be the reward on the other end. Mm -hmm. But that does seem like a significant increase from just a year ago. I'm just wondering if this is an isolated kind of incident due to the supply chain, or do we truly take this as a sign to prepare for way more inflation in 2022? We talk about the 24-hour news cycle and all the media. I mean, Kristen, you go back to... 
when we were growing up in the 70s and 80s and part of the 90s, I mean, there there wasn't this 24-hour news cycle. I mean, cable television came out with news 100% of the time. It's not just the 6 o'clock news. You know, exactly. The, the whole principle of 60 minutes, which <laughs> right. still exists, was that it was just... It was just 60 minutes. That's all there was. You and know? before and then, you start the week, you heard the tick, 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 and you knew what yeah, was going I mean, that, on. Yeah, that was it. There were 60 forward. minutes of news, and then you went on with your life. You mm-hmm. know, you either had dinner before 60 minutes or after 60 minutes, and then happy days and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. came on. And so we, we just don't live in that world, and all of these companies are marketing to us all the time. And so it started with 24-hour news cycle, and it evolved into Facebook and all these things, and it's constantly become an issue. So currently the big topic is inflation and how horrible your life is going to be moving forward because of inflation Uh it's easy for them to do that to us because we just got done talking about everything costs more as an investment advisor as a fiduciary as somebody who's planning for the retirements of hundreds or thousands of clients um, certainly it's a concern but is it supply and demand or is it because of all the money's being printed And, and and we could argue that Uh, Maybe it's a little bit of both right now, Hmm. but what I think we really need to be concerned about when it comes to how we want to invest moving forward is just take a look at numbers. Things are a lot more expensive now, but we know supply is very low and demand is high. Why is demand high? Well, not because people have gone back to work. I mean, the the jobs numbers are getting a little bit better, but it's because there's just a lot of free money in the economy and people were spending it like it was free money. And unfortunately, with not a lot of concern for the future, it seems, is what we're looking at. And then we run into this issue because of COVID with workers and transportation issues with shipping and containers and truck drivers. And a lot of truck drivers are aging out. You know, they're in that Mm -hmm. 60. They're just it seems like everything has come to the perfect storm to have supply issues. And when supply is low and demand is high, prices go up. I would suggest that we should take a look at, because economically, and this goes back to the nerd in me, okay, things balance out over time. They always do when it comes to economics and finance. Okay. So when there's huge demand and low supply, our economy will find a way to fix that because entrepreneurs will go out because they can make a lot of money to make it work. So eventually what's going to happen, maybe it's six months down the road, we have a lot of supply. Because all that stuff that's sitting in containers and sitting on boats and sitting in trucks, it will eventually make its way to its destination. It's already been paid for. It's not like it hasn't been bought. They bought it and it's been sitting out. So what happens in our economy when all of that shows up, you know, virtually at once? It might be over a few months. But now there's just tons of it. What if the demand's not there? True. That's my concern. What if people still aren't going back to work? What if people don't have money because there's no more government spending? We just got a bill done. Thank goodness it was only infrastructure, not just handing people more money, Bill. That's an issue. So we take all of that data and we take a look at financial planning. We just say, well, how long will this market do well? How long can we bet that it continues to go up before we need to start making changes? And the clock is ticking on that. And right now, I just don't trust that the demand is going to be high enough to offset the amount of supply we're going to get. And if that happens, I don't think the market's going to like it. So we need a plan moving forward and we have to make some adjustments. Now, we want to be at the beginning of getting away from a problem. We don't want to be at the end of it. So be proactive, not reactive. And that's what we are talking individuals about each week. Did I overhear correctly the other day that this price influx is irritating Katie? Yeah, yeah. Katie likes to cook and 
you know, milk was this much last mm-hmm. week and now it's this much this week. Eggs or, you know, beef or steak or chicken or whatever. And it's not that she so can't going, afford it. It's just annoying. We keep seeing this so yeah, in it, our face. And that's it. It's just it's right in our face. So Katie and I have been fortunate. We're very blessed. But there are families out there where that makes a big difference. Absolutely. And the heart of America is that economy, that middle class economy that just you go to work and you this and you that and you have bills and not everybody has a large gap between what they make and what life costs every mm-hmm. single day. Mm-hmm. And if things get too expensive, they start to pull back. And if they start to pull back, the economy pulls back. And if the economy pulls back, the stock market doesn't do well. And if the stock market doesn't do well, our clients um, don't do well or they need a plan. And so we've gotten pretty used to things going up and up and up and up. But all of this is concerning to me because I think right now, although the market is is doing well, and, and we've been talking about this for a while, Chris, and we suspect the market probably does pretty well through the end of the year because we're seeing third quarter numbers when there was stimulus and people had free money to spend and free money is easy to spend. We're seeing results of that when they Mm -hmm. report numbers in the fourth quarter, which we're in right now. But what is the fourth quarter going to look like when they start reporting that the first quarter of 2022? I don't know, Kristen, but I'm a little nervous about it. We got to take a close look. And if you're retired or close to it, I believe you're going to need to plan and you're going to need to be able to react quickly. So Take some time now to come up with a plan if things aren't looking too good first part of next year. Because if they're not, you're going to want to protect your money. As the clock winds down on 2021, it may be time to get moving on certain financial to-dos. Maybe get a list together. Baird's Tim Steffen shared one big one with Morningstar recently. Well, the first thing I would tell you is make sure you take your RMD. Uh, like you said, they were off last year. They are back on. There's no expectation that they're going to be waived again for this year. So if you've been holding out, Time to face reality. You're going to have to take the distribution this year. And don't miss it because it's a 50% penalty if you don't take it out on what you should have taken. So it's a big penalty. Make sure you take it out. Okay. He scared me enough. What do we need to know here? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I do know what it is. But uh, no matter what, I don't want to lose 50% of anything. Correct. Right? Let's first of all define, and, and I know a lot of our listeners know this, but we're coming up to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So let's define what an RMD is. It's a required minimum distribution. What that states is that uh, the government says on your retirement accounts, meaning things like IRAs, 401ks, TSP accounts, anything that you haven't paid tax on yet, you now have to take that. This has been going on, but they've changed to the age of 72. So you have to take that distribution at the age of 72. Mm -hmm. And the required minimum distribution is that if you were 72, there's an equation for it, but it's approximately 3.9% of the total amount of money that you have in retirement accounts. So if you put all that together, for some people it can be a lot of money, but if you don't take the distribution, they're gonna penalize you 50% of that distribution. So it's very, very important as we get towards the end of the year to make sure, first of all, you haven't forgotten about it or you haven't forgotten about an account that you have that actually it's required on because you have to look at each individual account. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you've calculated it correctly because if you miscalculate it, you're still gonna pay a penalty on the amount you didn't pull out. All of these things are very, very important. Kristen, I think this is our public service announcement on the show here. (laughs) Getting towards the end of 2021, don't forget your required minimum distribution, that RMD. Make sure you're taking it. Make sure you're calculating it correctly. 
Now, Mike, I know that there are a lot of people listening right now that are very interested in value. That's why they pay attention to inflation and so many other things. But they're also interested in hiring a financial advisor, but they're afraid Mm -hmm. that they could choose the wrong one, pay too much, especially since they're not all the same. So what types of financial advisors are out there and, and what should investors maybe watch out for? So if you're in your 60s, let's say, basically every marketing company out there knows that you're either retired or pretty close to it. So you got a big target on your back. And so we'll hear a lot of advertising about Social Security planning. We'll hear uh, advertising about stock market participation, no risk of loss. There's a lot of just sort of buzzword stuff. Um, we'll see the 80s actors on TV talking about gold and how <laughs> yes, you should, right. you know, just uh, all, all of this. We'll see it. So. You're the largest iteration ever, right? So we got the baby boomers and you're all transitioning into retirement. Everybody wants to get into your pocket. They all want to get into your uh, investments. So we have brokers. So a broker would be somebody that's basically stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of a thing. Brokers are starting to phase out a bit, but a broker would be somebody that's more transactional. So they're going to make money on the transaction. They aren't necessarily an advisor, They just advise you on something that you'd buy and they'd make money on it. A lot of people out there are in the insurance side of things. This is where you're going to hear a lot of stuff like um, stock market participation, no risk of loss or um, guarantee this or safe money that or if they're ever using the word guarantee or safe or whatever, it's usually insurance products. And that goes back to annuities. Mm -hmm. Again, we talk about annuities on the program. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're a good investment. I mean, it's an insurance product. So I wouldn't look at that as an investment, but get the facts. It's important. Or the other type of advisor would be a fiduciary. So that's, that's where we are. So as fiduciaries, we're legally required to put our client's needs out of our own. What that means is when we sit down with you, our job is to explore all of the investment options that are available to you and help you make the best decision for yourself, regardless of way you get paid. So if the best thing for you is the investment that we get paid the least amount on, we're legally required to advise you to get that investment. Vice versa, if the best thing for you is the thing that we get paid the most on, we're also legally required Uh to recommend that you do that. So we recommend working with a fiduciary, somebody that's literally sitting on the same side of the table with you. Now, we work through that process by having people come in, sit down with you, do an analysis and a complete financial plan, just show you what's available to you to help you be successful in retirement. If you feel like we're providing value, you might want to work with us. But if not, at least you're going to walk out with that complete financial plan. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group Inc. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talent Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams
opinions refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a monthly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission, which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation.